This is Dream Big with Dina Budano. I'm creating this podcast to give us a space to bring all your ideas to the table. This is Dina Budano, and I have a very special guest with me today. Part of the reason I started this podcast was I love being able to spend time with other entrepreneurs who really are successful at their life and their business. And this gal is one of the people who really inspired me from the beginning. And so I'm super excited to get to visit with Jessica Kofod. Woohoo! <laughs> so just a little background. I'll kind of paint a picture of how we met. And then I have some really fun questions to ask her. But uh, a while back, years, several years ago, I was um, really working hard at building a network and meeting new people. And Jessica dropped her business card in a little facial lead box that I had at a coffee shop. And she dropped her card in and we met over a free facial. And I gave her a free facial and we just got connected and next thing I know she invited me out to lunch and we started talking bigger and dreaming bigger together and I will never forget the conversation you told me Jessica and pop in feel free to pop in here of course and then we'll get started on you um but I remember you really talked to me about living in gratitude and being able to set myself up successfully with my business so that I could really live in that gratitude and give back. And that made such a huge impact in my life. I don't think you quite understand how much it did. Um, But I want you to kind of tell them, tell our audience who you are, who you serve, and then we'll kind of follow into that conversation after that. Perfect. That sounds great. Um, so I, I wanted to to answer kind of part of how we met. Um, so so I'm sure everyone knows, but Dina's mantra and kind of her words to live by are dream big. And when I think of dream big, I think of dream and big as in begin in gratitude. Ooh. And so so that's why I focus so much on thinking about the things that we're so thankful for and our ability to give back in ways that are meaningful for us. I love that, sister. <laughs> so, so, so let us uh, let everyone know a little bit of background about who you are and who you serve. Um, excited to have this conversation with you. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Um, so, my name is Jessica Kofod, and I am currently a regional development director with Thrivent Financial. Um, we're a Fortune 500 financial services company. But what you might not know about us is that um, we are a 501c8, which means essentially uh, we don't pay federal taxes. All the money that would go to to taxes gets donated into the community in ways that are really meaningful for the people that work for us. Um, So that's really what's special about Thrivent. I lead a team of advisors in the Spokane area. We've got an office downtown. um, And we have a a presence on the north side, Liberty Lake, Coeur d'Alene, 
in downtown and it is ever growing. So I'm very, very excited about that and to share the work we're doing in the message. So um, in addition to that, I'm in the Air National Guard. Yeah. Um, I'm a major, so you that are. was a really exciting thing for me. Um, and I'm the director of the Equity and Inclusion Program for Fairchild Air Force Base in yeah. my spare time. In your spare time. And your mama, too. Yes, yes. And I am a mother to two little girls. They are four and six. Yes. So your life is very full and big and colorful. And I love the background you have behind you right now because that's what's radiating at me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do just want to say I, I've always been so, uh, I've always admired you, especially just um, with you serving our country and being uh, having that military background and just really, um, I, I just honor you and thank you for that too. So thank, thank you for serving. <laughs> All right. So um, how did you get started in the financial planning industry? That's a great question. Um, and so one that I've kind of put a lot of thought into because I do get it asked pretty frequently. Um, so before I started in financial services, I was active duty Air Force. And so I was based out of the D.C. area in Washington, D.C. And so um, I was working as a manpower analyst, which I love, which is essentially balancing requirements and capabilities for wartime missions. And um, I loved the work. I loved the committees I got to be on at the Pentagon. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and then my daughter Quinn came along and um, I was working 10 hours a day plus commute and I was looking at this little person that I made and thinking, I get to see you for less than two hours a day. Mm -hmm. And so between that and then like having to find pumping stations, depending on where I was working that day and um, just all the complexities that had to do with that type of work, I really started considering what might be a good option. Um, I was a military brat and I, I joined ROTC at 18 and did um, the ROTC program through college and joined the military right away. So I didn't know any other life. Um, <laughs> and my parents were both military. And so truthfully, military is all I know. So to me, that's the norm. Like that's the family business. <laughs> so while I was in DC, I was the president of an organization of um, young officers called the Company Great Officers Council. And every quarter, we would partner with a financial planner, and they would come in and teach us stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and really basic stuff, right? Like uh, dollar cost averaging, um, when's the right time to buy, different information about taxes. Um, and I was fascinated, mm -hmm. absolutely fascinated. And I thought, I want to do this. I want to be the one teaching these programs and sharing this information with people because it is so life-changing. And when I kind of fast forward a little bit, when I decided that I wanted to leave the active duty military and switch to the Air National Guard, which is where I am now, mm -hmm. um, I, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into financial services and um, I didn't really know anything about it. And I was moving from DC Washington, D.C. to Spokane, Washington. I didn't know anybody in Spokane, but I was like, this is happening. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> That's so, so cool. I did not know that about your story. So I love that we're doing this because I knew you were military background. 
I just didn't know that you were like, you know, top level sister. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, a, ca a captain in the DC area is making coffee at best. So top, <laughs> top level is a little much, but thank you for the credibility. <laughs> well, the Pentagon, especially when you said that, I was like, whoa, okay. That's yeah, it was great. Actually, I got to be on a committee for the Secretary of the Air Force um, that did that worked on policy to kind of unite the active duty, the reserve, and the Air National Guard. So um, it was really exciting stuff. Cool. That's fun. I love that about your background. And um, I'm sure that really, you know, helped you with building, well, you had to have a lot of confidence and a lot to command and have that presence with people. So as you moved, you know, from Washington, D.C. to Spokane and not knowing everyone, probably the, a real challenge came across your path of how do you build that clientele? So can you share how that, how you were able to build that? Um, absolutely. So one of my kind of innate skills from being a military brat my whole life and then joining the military myself um, is what I like to call the superpower of assimilation. Um, I am really good at moving somewhere new and getting totally plugged into the community. Yes. So when I got to Spokane, that's what I did. Um, I joined networking groups. I joined hiking groups. I joined um, a genealogy society, the Daughters of the American Revolution. Um, anything and everything that I thought would either be interesting, fun, or that might work to help me build my business, I just hit the pavement and really made it work. So it was mostly networking and then um, building really good, strong relationships with people so that they were comfortable and then they found value in the work I was doing so they would refer me to their friends and family. Awesome. Um, I don't know if you knew this too, but I'm a military brat, uh, army brat. And so I totally get the assimilation because you're – Whenever I would move, I would just gravitate towards friends and you were just so happy to have a friend and meet people. And it really kind of broke down those barriers of how to go out and meet people. <laughs> I think it served me well too, um, being put in many situations where I had to move and make new friends and all of that. So um, yeah, military, military life does, even though it's, you know, difficult to move all the time. I love looking back. I love it. I love it as an adult. It was fun. It was exciting. I, I still feel like I have friends all over the world because of my military years and because of Facebook. So <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Between, um, my, just my military friends from childhood, I, I, I'm hitting my 12th year in service. And so 12 years of military service, um, and a NATO deployment to Afghanistan. I really know people all over the world, and it's a lot of fun to be connected. It is. Yes, I agree. Um, and I love how, you know, you and I got connected. So, you know, by you putting your business card in that, you know, little facial box that I had at a cute little coffee shop, that was taking a risk. But I'm so glad and I'm so thankful you did because I remember the day taking your business card out and seeing your photo and I was like, oh my gosh, she looks so beautiful. I'm excited to meet her. So 
I'm glad you did that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. And it's funny because I look back at that photo, which now is, oh my gosh, like six or seven years old. And I'm like, oh, that's before I knew about eyebrows. <laughs> So thank you, Dina. <laughs> You're so cute. Um, so I love kind of asking this question because it really, I feel like, helps other people who are maybe just starting out in kind of a space of starting a business or start, you know, in that whole um, mindset of being an entrepreneur. There's a lot of fear that comes along with it. So did you have any fear? when you were first starting um, to grow your business? And if you did, how did you, how did that fear affect you? Um, did it, did that affect your business or did you use that fear to help you grow? Um, so just kind of with my military experience, um, I've been in situations where um, the fear is real. Um, and so I'm not unfamiliar with the feeling of fear. Mm -hmm. I just decided this is what I was going to do and that it was going to be successful. And so um, even though I was afraid, I didn't know anything about financial services. I didn't know anything about financial planning. I mean, I could barely define a stock and a bond for you back in 2013 when I started studying for my licenses. So like I was very fresh and very green. So I had a lot of fear around learning what I needed to learn. Mm -hmm. um, but I knew that this is where I wanted to be and that um, I was going to be successful. I just had to figure out how to get there. I love that mindset. Like that is strong, powerful mindset because you just knew you were going to be successful. And how do, you, how do you figure that out? So I love that you shared that. That's really cool. And a lot of people going in, they have to learn. It, there's so much learning um, to be discovered. And that's sometimes kind of the fun part as well. Um, did you have, who are, who are your mentors who mentor you currently and how do they support you? That's a great question. Um, I am a huge believer in mentorship. It's one of the kind of core tenets of my own leadership style um, because I believe that in, and so kind of, if I think about the military system of leadership, we're always training the bench, right? Because people really only serve for 20 years typically. And if you don't train the generation of airmen behind you, um, they won't have the skills to succeed, mm -hmm. which can have some dire consequences. So like I am a huge, huge proponent of mentorship. Um, so currently I have a couple of mentors that I really just respect and value their time so much. Um, one of them is Sarah Carlson. She is a, a tenured advisor in Spokane. Um, she runs Fulcrum Financial and um, she just, I met her a couple years ago and she's been in the business for 30 years. Uh, she started when she was 12, so don't worry about that. Um, and I just love her and everything that she shared with me and kind of her message is, uh, you don't need to make the mistakes I made, I already made them. So let's figure out how to move forward. And she's been a huge advocate for me, for my business, the work I'm doing. Um, and I just love the time that I've gotten to spend with her. Um, so we have another mentor in, the, in Thrivent that I, um, I was assigned, but I actually picked. Haha. <laughs> so um, his name is Ramsey. And he just, 
really encourages me to do scary things. Mm. And so uh, that's one of the things I love about him because he does it in such a, an empathetic way, but so like cool, calm and collected. Just like, why don't you do that? I think you should just do that. <laughs> that's the best mentor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Um, I love that. I love having mentors and I, and I do, um, really, really want to say and give a shout out to you as one of those mentors in my life, because I know even at the beginning kind of, of getting this podcast going, you are really the one person who said, you need to do this. You should do this. And, um, I always admire and appreciate just how you have helped guide and lead me along too in my path over the last several years. You've connected me with different networking groups and you've just been um, someone who is always encouraging and, 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 and pushing me gently too. And I love that. So thank you for that. Um, what are your roles that you currently hold in your business today? Uh, that is a great question. So um, some of the roles that I hold, um, I recruit, I hire, and I launch new advisors to have successful financial planning practices. So um, that's really kind of my primary role right now. Mm -hmm. um, I've got some staff that help me do that. Uh, but really, it's just, it's just looking for people who are entrepreneurial and looking for the next right thing in their professional lives. So um, it takes a lot of work, but it's so fulfilling to help these new advisors reach their goals um, and really help define what success looks like for them. So it's really exciting. Um, in addition to that, I run a, a planning practice and a book of business. I've got a couple of partners that, that I work with in that arena as well. Um, and our mission is to um, help people prepare for the certainty of uncertainty and achieve financial clarity. It's probably really um, important right now, currently in our in uh, our economy. Yes, I have never been busier. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> um, and I, you know, hearing that you have that team and loving that you lead the team. How do you lead your team? What is your favorite way to do that? Ooh, I like that you said favorite way. So. Um, and I've been to a lot of different leadership training through the military um, with Thriven. There's a lot of really, really strong intentionality between, behind leadership and really developing leaders. And I so value the ability to have been a part of that for the last decade um, with the military and with Thriven. The way that I love to lead teams is through um, a process to figure out and identify their values. And I think once you know someone's deeply held value system, you just know them on a different level and you can connect their behaviors and their actions and their values and really understand in a, in a much deeper way who they are. And we're all human. We all screw up. But if I know someone's value system, then I know that, I mean, you, I never would even think that things are like malicious or neglectful. It's, it's literally just, hey, we all screw up. We're human. But Knowing someone's deeply held value system is incredibly important, especially in building culture. And so that's one of the things that I really focus on with my teams is knowing each other's value systems and talking a lot about communication and communication styles. That is powerful. 
that is because there's so many different types of personalities and so many different types of people that everyone's value system is is very I'm sure very different and I'm sure you're finding that with your team teams or people that you're leading so I know you and I've talked a little bit more about that and I'm excited to dive more into that too as a, a leader a mentor for my team um, so I think that is amazing training and you should do some more for <laughs> absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. Um, so if anybody listening is interested, ah. check out Brene Brown, Dare to Lead. She's got a values exercise in the book. You can also just look it up at the Brene Brown Institute. You can Google it, values exercise. Really straightforward, but um, it's, it's very reflective. It's, it, helps, it helped me really be able to identify and name who I am and what's important to me. Mm. Mm. Thankfully, I have that book right here because you recommended it. So it's so good. <laughs> yes, thank you. Love that. So, um, you know, with business, a lot of times we have the ups, we have the downs. So, I want to know: Did you have any naysayers, any negative people in your life that tried to keep you and your business down? Uh, you know, I I would honestly say no. Um, I have a really strong team of positive people. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so the only naysayer has been myself. Ah, and, yeah. and I just, I have to coach myself into that growth mindset all the time and say, no, this is where we want to go. This is the direction. Um, and so, so no, I don't have any naysayers external, but sometimes I get that self-doubt and I really just have to remember my values, remember who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And that brings me back. Oh, I love that, Jessica. So, so good. So good. Um, just a, a kind of a, a final question. This is one I just like to ask for everyone. Unless you have anything else you kind of want to share before I ask my my favorite question. <laughs> um, yes, I would love to share something just really brief. Um, because we started this conversation talking about gratitude, I wanted to share something that I've been doing to bring my mindset back to a good place and to keep me grounded, especially um, during this time of the stay home order. Um, so I got a really cute little notebook um, from, from the Atticus bookstore downtown. I don't know if you can still get stuff there, but just a really cute little notebook. And every single day, I close my day by writing the best part about my day in the book. Mm. And I date it, and I just write a couple of sentences, the best part about my day. And I'll share with you, I've been doing that for almost a year now, and it brings me so much joy to look back on that notebook and relive the best part of every day oh. and just remember how great my life is. Mm, that's good. Yes. Cause that's what you remember. You're not bringing up all the negative. You're just remembering that gratitude and get to live there again and be in that space again. I love that. I do. I do just need to add too, because this, um, brings me so much joy. But those of you who know 
we do um, a yearly Lumpia fundraiser. We are able to use, because we're Thrivent members, uh, an action team. And so we get a gift card that's preloaded with $250, and that's um, part of the Thrivent uh, give back. And with that, we get to go and buy all the ingredients, and then we get to fundraise through our rolling of the lumpia, and then we use that to bless. We've, we've done lots of different things over the years, so I love that part, too. I want people to know about that, because that's really important um, when you're a member with Thrivement. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. It's just the idea that you don't have to fundraise to fundraise and you can just start out strong with whatever, what, with whatever you want to do and with whatever way you want to be generous. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. And I know you always buy a bag of lumpia <laughs> or two. <laughs> okay. Well, this is my final question and thanks so much again for giving your time to me today. I feel so valued and just so honored. Um, so I like this question. I think it's just fun and it can be anything. It can be big. It can be small, whatever. What is your biggest dream in your life right now? Oh man. Um, so my biggest dream, I mean, I, a dream is just a dream until you start working towards it. And so, um, something that I am working towards and dreaming about, absolutely dreaming about, is um, I would love to retire at 45. Ooh, yes. yeah. Re well, retire from the military, retire from Thrivent, or maybe take a consulting role um, and have all the money that I need and be able to really focus on the things that are valuable to me and the things that bring me joy. So that's my goal, retire at 45. I'm going to hold that vision for you. And Please I do. You are going to get there. So I'm excited. I hope you have a big retirement party and I can be there to celebrate with you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, I'm going to just um, end it here in my traditional manner uh, way of, with a cheers. So I don't know if you have a beverage in front of you. I'm just drinking water. Um, but we're going to end it with a cheers. So Cheers to cheers. cheers. I'm praying bigger. <laughs> and thanks again for joining me. Anytime. And thank you.